When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side with Kat and Paul Pickin. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. The Dolphins lost their fourth game in a row, 30-20 to Tampa Bay Bucks in Miami with Ryan Fitzpatrick, ex-Jet, ex-Bill, ex-half the league, in at quarterback. Uh, really a, a gross game all around. 17 Dolphins penalties and four first-half turnovers. Whew, I mean, uh, what more can you say, Paul? Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins definitely had some undisciplined stuff as far as the penalties go. And Jay Cutler looked better with his concussion than he did on the field. That's for damn sure. But I will say they didn't have 17 real penalties. Like the penalty on Fasano was a joke. It was an absolute joke. The officiating wasn't great, but you know what? The fact that Miami turned the ball over four times didn't fully put themselves in position to win. We can't blame it all on the officials here. But yeah, like the Fasano one that negated a touchdown was a joke. That safety mishap that they had was huge because not only did it cost Miami the two points in getting the ball back, which they got the ball back the next play, but it burned a timeout for Miami who couldn't stop the clock while Tampa Bay just waited for it to run down to practically nothing to kick a field goal. So... I mean, there were a few things in this game that definitely were not great as far as the officiating goes, but make no mistake, this was Miami's game to win, and Miami kept putting themselves in position to lose. So they did make a big comeback. Cutler needs to get his act together. Yeah, I second everything you said there. It's it's hard to complain about penalties when there were 17 of them. But yeah, three of them were were terrible. The the Anthony Fasano offensive pass interference call, uh, the the safety, and also too that that Jarvis Landry fifty yard catch that was called back on a hold by Jermaine Bushrod when he even when he barely even touched the defensive lineman ahead of him. You know, so you had mm-hmm. some bad ones. I, I'll always say that the the only game I'll actually blame on the officials is I, I have one game in Dolphins history that was about five years ago when the Dolphins played the Ravens and Brent Grimes had like three 40-yard pass interference penalties that were bogus, and Dolphins ended up losing by, I think, three in that game. Anyway, terrible officiating, worse discipline for the Dolphins. You know, looking at a couple of stats here, I mean, I, it, it sickens me to go through some of these stats, but you want, you want to know why the Dolphins here are four and six. Penalty, Kiko Alonso. 80, yeah, 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 Kiko should be top of the list. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. The penalties, 84 penalties, second worst in the NFL. Turnover differential, negative nine, which is third worst in the NFL. Opposing quarterbacks have a combined quarterback rating of 104.3. 
I mean, I, I swear on defense, the Dolphins cannot get to the quarterback. And in four and a half games now, they have two snacks. They have three interceptions this year. Uh, two of them were actually meaningless. Um, Rashad Jones has won against the Falcons was really the only meaningful turnover they've had. I don't know, Paul, it seems like, it seems like everyone has this Dolphins defense figured out and it doesn't really seem to bother the Dolphins that much. You know, going into halftime, I'd say the exact same thing, but you look at the way that the Dolphins defense played in the second half as a whole, I thought Miami's defense in the second half was night and day from what they've been the last like three games. Kiko Alonso, make no mistake. I think they completed like 10 of 11 for 138 yards against him. Wasn't a big support in the running game other than the screen pass he blew up. He was basically responsible for a huge chunk of Tampa Bay's offensive yardage. Uh, you know, I liked what I saw from Chase Allen. I liked what I saw from Stephon Anthony. Timmons was just fine as usual. It was really, Kiko was bad in this one absolutely terrible and he just keeps getting worse i don't know what his deal is because he was so solid for us last year but he has been terrible the past four or five games i thought kiko was very hit and miss last year but i thought the the good outweighed the bad i mean his uh, he had a couple a couple of forced fumbles he had two interceptions one one that actually won him a game so he made a lot of big plays on defense, and he seemed to have a lot of speed. This year, I, I mean, we've had some bad linebackers in the past, you know, Ch- uh, Channing Crowder and Kelvin Shepard and LRB, and, but nothing comes close to what I've seen out of Kiko in the last four games. I mean, there, there are plays out there. I just look at him and I'm like, what the hell is he doing? I mean, it, it, like, I, I've never seen a guy where, like, it, 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 quarterback drops back, the defensive line's bearing down on him, and Kiko's over there with one guy. He's looking at the guy. He's open, and he's still not getting in front of him to knock a ball away. He's waiting for him to catch the ball, then tries to tackle him, and then misses. I mean, oh, it's bad. Well, it, I, I can't. I can't wait till next it, year, where where hopefully we can get this guy off the field soon. And I, I've got to jump in there too because not only that, there are I have seen those plays. But there's a lot of plays, and Kiko's still got his speed. He really does. You, you can see it when he pursues a guy to the sideline and then just keeps going and totally misses the cutback. Or when the guy stops even, lets Kiko run by and then goes again. Or in pass coverage, yeah, he's got those ones where he sits back and just waits for the guy to catch the ball. But he's also got the ones where he is so egregiously out of position or there was one play early in this game where he basically didn't cover his guy, went and followed TJ McDonald's guy that TJ had locked down coverage on, and then turned around all mystified when, when the other tight end caught the ball. And it's like over and over and over again, just stupid plays. Like he doesn't, suddenly doesn't know the defense and suddenly doesn't know how to play football. I mean, one thing I do want to mention real quick, too, while we're talking about the linebackers here, uh, I know we recorded last week before the whole Ray, Ray Maluga thing hit. You know, you're going to be a jackass, be a mediocre player, and then stiff whoever on a $40 tab and then try to choke slam them for 40 bucks when you make what you do as an NFL player. Bye, Ray. Yeah, what what an, what an idiot. And, and, you know, you want to talk about the entitlement that someone like that has who is a millionaire. I mean, um, so, so now at linebacker week one, you had somebody who quit and came back and, and played for you. 
um, in week one, Lawrence Timmons, and now week 10, Ray Malaluga uh, is spending the night in jail because he, he wants to beat the crap out of somebody over a $40 tag. Really speaks to how things are going for the Dolphins here over the last several weeks. This is where you get – people say the word veteran leadership all the time. Veteran leadership, my ass. This is how a locker room full of overpaid, fat and happy players perform. That's how they act, how they behave. It's, it's, it's gross. Um, so the, the, the season just keeps getting worse as we go along. I'll tell you this. I really think when you look at Jay Ajayi with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, 9.4 yards a carry in two games with the Eagles, 3.4 with the Dolphins. Matt, and, up, and to piggyback on that too, Matt Moore comes in against the Tampa Bay Bucks. And for the second time in three games that he's played, he has played better than Jay Cutler has at any point this year. Comes in at halftime, 282 yards passing. It is a shame the Dolphins did not win this game. The reason they should have won the game is because of Matt Moore. He gets the ball up. He gets the ball out. Yeah, he was bad in the Ravens game, but I don't think he was any worse than Jay Cutler was at any point this year. I mean, he threw two interceptions, returned for touchdowns that were meaningless against a Ravens team that was that is second best in the league against quarterbacks. So it doesn't surprise me. But I'm gonna t- I'm, I'll tell you this. If the Dolphins hadn't screwed things up so badly and they had Matt Moore quarterback and they had Jay Ajayi at running back, I would actually feel that this is A, a five-and-five team, probably six-and-four, and a team that I would feel confident the rest of the year could actually move the football. I will say one thing, though. Like, one of the things that we've talked about on this show in the past is Matt Moore is it's, – it's almost like watching baseball in a way, where Matt Moore is a terrible starter. He really is. Like, it, it's almost like if he gets the chance to prep for the game and knows he's going in, he's going to screw up and, and play terribly the whole way through. But he's always been very good at being that relief pitcher that comes in. Maybe it's because defenses aren't scheming for him. Maybe it's he finds a better way to get his head in the game when he doesn't plan on playing. I'm not sure. But he's always been a better reliever than, than a starter. So – I'm still leery of the idea of Matt Moore starting. I really am. And that's that's one of the reasons I've always had an issue with the idea of him being the backup quarterback. He's great to come in if your quarterback goes down for the end of the game. He's not so great to come in and play for three weeks consistently. But as far as, as reasons that Miami deserve to win the game, I can't point to anything bigger for me as far as being a reason to win the game than Kenny Stills. I know some people felt he was overpaid in the offseason. Jay Cutler hasn't been throwing the ball down the field, even though he's been streaking free plenty of times. I'm so sick of saying that. But Kenny Stills got his opportunities in this game. And, and seven catches for 180 yards very easily. If Tannehill was there, I can't wait because the chemistry Tannehill has with him is better than either of these chuckleheads do. So, yeah, Kenny Stills, great game. Seven catches, 180 yards, got completely lost in the stat line, given all the other shoes Miami had. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I put Matt Moore into that category, too. I, I, when Matt Moore came into the game and he and Kenny still started connecting, then it was a completely different offense. It, flew, it flowed a lot differently, and you didn't hear a whole heck of a lot about pass protection because Matt Moore can actually move his feet, something Jay Cutler can't do. Yeah, I, I agree with your analogy that he tends to be a better reliever than he is a starter. I'll say I think Jay Cutler is a bad starter and is a bad backup too. I, I don't. I mean, mm-hmm. just terrible. Just a, a, a and and again, 
the Dolphins weren't going to be better at quarterback when Tannehill went, went down. But again, they they dig themselves a deeper hole by getting Cutler. They dig themselves a deeper hole by trading Jay Ajayi. Dig themselves a deeper hole by going and signing a Ray Monaluga and then trading for Stefan Anthony at linebacker. I mean, stop picking people off the street. And, and that's what the Dolphins are doing. Speaking of Jay Ajayi here, the Dolphins, other than a 69-yard run by Damian Williams, unable to run the ball in the game, too. So you take out that 16-yard or 69-yard run that was a hole you or I could have run through. The Dolphins have 13 care or 16 carries for 13 yards between Damian Williams and Kenyon Drake. More importantly, in two of the biggest drives of the game, game, Dolphins could not run the ball first and goal from the one and could not run the ball second and in inches, where they eventually. Um, had to turn the ball over on downs and, and kick a field goal instead. So again, it just it just it I, I, I it just it's gets worse and worse at the running back spot. I'm kind of torn on the running back spot just because Miami's been playing from behind so often the past few weeks, and, and I'm not going to take out the 69 yard run, even though it was a hole that you or I could have run through. He made some great moves towards the end of it, and you know, you, you take out specific things, you you can. I'm not, I'm not even going to beat that to death. But for me, there there were some signs of hope in this one. There there are some signs of hope. I I liked what I saw to Chase Allen. Jesse Davis did did a pretty decent job. And the fact that Miami started opening up the passing game forced the defense to play a little more honest, which also helps the linemen with the pass protection. I, I keep beating that horse. Apparently, Miami doesn't seem to get that that's one of the aspects of football is – a balanced game opens up everything. And Miami hasn't had a balanced offense with Cutler in there. They haven't had a balanced offense with Matt Moore. One of the things I would like to see, because I think we can all agree, Matt Moore's not the answer. Jay Cutler's not the answer. I want to see David Fails. Good or bad, he, might, he may fall on his face. He showed some very positive signs in the preseason. But at least seeing David Fails right now gives Miami the opportunity to analyze if he can be that inexpensive option that actually serves better behind Tannehill next season if Tannehill goes down and can clear some cap space for Miami as opposed to investing what uh, I think we're at like 13 million between Moore and Cutler and we're not getting 13 million in returns that's for sure so seeing if this young kid is able to be that backup to Tannehill for a few years would be a good thing here. I think it sounds good in theory, but I, I mean, I, I don't see how in any way you can have David Fails taking any snaps after what you saw out of Matt Moore and really two of these three games. I mean, uh, yeah, I think you know what you have with Matt Moore. But my bigger problem is, again, this is why this is why Matt Moore needed to start the season and be the quarterback. Instead, you pulled some bum out of retirement, and you put him at quarterback. Not all Cutler's fault, and, and this is the last negative thing we'll, we'll touch on. Devontae Parker, very responsible for two of those three interceptions. One time he fell down. Another time, yeah, it was a not a perfectly thrown pass, but the ball went off Devontae Parker's hands too. But when Matt Moore came in the game, started throwing the ball downfield, a lot of success, especially to Kenny Stills. But, Paul, on the positive side here, like you said, Chase Allen, um, you know, always seems to be flying around the ball. I think it's pretty obvious he is better than Kiko Alonso right now, which isn't saying a whole lot. 
T.J. McDonald, I thought looked looked really looked the part at free safety. Cordrea Tankersley, a cornerback, I think still looks looks pretty good. Um, you know, Xavier Howard loses more than he wins. But yeah, I, I do think the Dolphins did. If there's one positive to take away from the season, I do think that they have come up with five or six pretty good players on defense, mostly from their rookie class. That uh, it, it could be useful parts for next year. While we're sitting here, too, I just want to remind folks out there, make sure you drop a like and a follow on, on, on whichever source you're listening to us from. And also, we do have our merch site up. They have a free shipping promotion through December 15th. Uh, we've had a few folks get some really cool stuff. We'll have a few pictures from some of that stuff up shortly. But, uh, yeah, on the fit side, threadless.com, a portion always goes to charity. Cat, before we wrap up real quick, let, let's end this show on a positive note. What's something that you're thankful for as a Dolphins fan? I, yikes, uh, I am thankful that the Dolphins had a good draft class. I, I, I really think this, this is going to be not, not one that blows the doors off anything with, uh, with, with their, with like superstars. I think Charles Harris will be a solid player as he continues to add strike. I think Rick Juan will be good. Uh, Tankersley and, and Gotcha and Vincent Taylor, I think, were all steals. I think they're going to factor it. And these guys are only going to get better down the road. And they also came up with, like, a Jesse Davis and a Chase Allen. So we got if, if the Dolphins go 6-10 and 10 this year, which is what I think they'll, they'll go, then I think you can have some usable pieces for next year. But you've got to give these younger guys a chance to shine and to get their reps. What about you? Yeah. For me, one of the things I'm most thankful for as a Dolphins fan, and, and not just this season, but in any season, is really that whole camaraderie that goes on out there between the fan clubs, um, getting to meet a lot of people. I know I've made a lot of good friends through this, folks like yourself and Brian Miller, uh, the E12 crew, and really some of the moments I've gotten to share with 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 my dad, who was the reason I became a Dolphins fan, uh, with my uncle, who who definitely puts up with us as Dolphins fan, is a Dolphins fan himself, and, and getting to share in some of these moments with people. Because let's face it, there's a lot of really cool things uh, amongst the Dolphin fans out there with all the different fan clubs there are and everything else. So for me, that's pretty much one of the things I'm probably most thankful for, and not just in a season like this where we're kind of miring our way through, but also when it's a season that's a winning season because you get to share in that with everybody else as well. So yeah. for me, that's one of the big things. And for you guys listening, let us know down in the comments what you're most thankful for. Give us some positive feedback this week. I know it's a rough one out there. I'm also thankful for my wife, Rachel, who is who she and I got married over the last couple of weeks. So on a personal level, that is She's by awesome. far the thing I'm, I'm most faithful. She enjoyed meeting you too. But uh, yeah, it's it's you know it's, it's it really sucks because it's been up and down this year, Dolphins wise. Because you know they I, I didn't have a lot of hopes coming into the year when Tannehill went down. Then when he did, the Dolphins beat the Falcons, and they come back against the Jets. They're four and two, and I'm thinking just go one and three in the next or two and two, one and three in the next four games, and the Dolphins probably have a playoff spot heading into the end of the year. But now here we are. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that, that things are going to turn around or we're at least going to see some bright spots here at the end of the year. So that will do it for our wrap-up of the Bucks loss and the Dolphins in general. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. Stay tuned 
for the rest of the year. Paul and I are going to take you through the rest of the season as well as through the offseason with the NFL draft and free agency. So be sure to stay with us and follow us on social media. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the thin side. So Ladi, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the thin side. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the thin Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.